everybody. Welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Blue Collar Syndicate Show. I was going to tell you the number of the show, but numbers are made up. Like, Price is right. Numbers aren't real. Facts don't matter. This is just a show. Hello, everybody. How are you doing, Albert? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> that was a good intro. That was probably maybe one of your best ones yet. I had to mix it up, and I was just kind of letting it come on out. Yeah. <laughs> and be like, Trump, whip it out. <laughs> hey, whip it out and pull out the receipts. Yeah. This episode will be a little after that, but if you guys seen that little CNN town hall or whatever with Trump, I thought it was hilarious. Or they were arguing about his tweets and he's like, you want me to whip it out? I'll whip it out right now. And he leans back, you know, insinuating what we're all thinking about whipping it out. <laughs> and then he pulls out a printed papers from his shirt pocket with the actual tweets in the times to prove the lady wrong. It was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Made me giggle. Yeah, he better show up. I mean, he's he's the person that makes sure he's got the facts. He's yeah. going to make sure he's right. Yeah, he, he's hilarious. We'll have to definitely deep dive on him and that shit yeah. closer to the election day when it matters more, I guess. Mm-hmm. Word. So, what do you got going on? Anything? Oh, I am getting ready for Truck Fest in, on June 11th at Bandemir. And other than that, that is about it. Just getting ready for truck fest so you just kind of make a bunch of shirts and hats and all the good stuff uh no so i have to get my second booth because the original everything i've been doing is like a scale that t- 10 10 foot by 10 foot so at bandemir their smallest spot is 20 by 20 so i'm getting a second tent so i have two you know a 20 by 20 area and then i bought i had a big banner made and unfortunately i made it too big <laughs> so it's a 10 by 10 but obviously when you have a can a canopy oh yeah you, yeah. See, it, you can't fit that in there yeah so i have to go out and you know get pvc and make this stuff so i can kind of like fold it up and make it and stretch it tight so that way it yeah. turns into like an eight by eight or whatever eight oh. by ten yeah so i'll have that and a couple mannequins to display and i just have to kind of re redo my vendor look for that because i've never done anything at that that big before so i have like wire shelves to you know have more of a of a stand-up display because everything i did do before previously has just been laying flat on a table so i'm trying to really use that negative area yeah like and have that really nice professional look i'm working towards that it should be fun it'll be good lots of foot traffic truck fest for sure i'm sorry lots of foot traffic at truck yeah. fest for sure i'm stoked for it i, I don't know the exact foot count and number because it'll be the third no i'm sorry the sec, i think the second year since covid it's doing it so yeah i was talking to a guy that went there last year and he said it, he said it was okay you know he's been to better years but obviously looking covid shit on a lot of stuff yeah well like we talked about on the last episode though but this being the last year bandamere is going to be open i'm sure it's going to drive some people to make sure they visit and i've never been to a truck fest before and i've always wanted to so hopefully i get a good spot with my vendor spot so i can see all the badass fucking trucks and i hope they have a jet semi there that would be cool to see Uh, i'm sure they usually always got something crazy cool it's fucking diesel trucks fucking up the environment (laughs) (laughs) ain't that the fact so yeah if you're in colorado on june 11th come come on down to bandamere check out my rocket booth It'd be great. Should give them a free sticker if they mention the podcast. Why not? There you go. I'm I'm working on some sort of giveaway or drawing or 
type thing so that way more interactive you know get people to like subscribe for like the monthly newsletter and just stay you know with it you don't have to buy anything just give me your email or something i don't know i'm working on something like that yeah that'll be fun yeah it'll be a good time what about you what are you doing what's going on with albert nothing like i said hopefully i'm still got the problem of being too busy when this episode drops i know as you all know we're recording ahead of time so right now i'm stupid busy so hopefully i'm still stupid busy in three weeks yeah you know it's always a good problem that you want to have yeah it it usually is most of the time sometimes it can really uh test your patience (laughs) it's more one of those things where it's like you know with me being busy is good because it means you're making money doing work but it also means you're running your equipment hard so you're trying to squeeze maintenance in and repairs and whatever else may pop up and this being spring a lot of customers are you know picking up and everybody's calling at the same time Mm -hmm. never fails you don't hear it's crickets for quite a while and then within two days everybody you know calls you and needs something yeah and we usually we're usually pretty good make sure we get everyone taken care of so hopefully still have that problem if it slows down a little i won't complain but just don't slow down too much yeah don't slow <laughs> i mean you're, you're fine with it what it is now but eh, maybe a hair hair slow yeah well like this episode's coming out a few weeks but i mean this week i went from here to the nevada california border back to here then all the way up to north dakota and back to here and it's only two loads but goddamn, is a lot of miles i'm sure how long is it to because you went to what reno yeah a little bit outside of reno okay cool spot I never. It's you go, like you hit Reno and you head kind of north outside of town to actually get to the spot. It's better to go into California and kind of make this fish hook back to the backside of Reno. Mm -hmm. I found out. Well, we all found out the guys who uh, work for your company that I was delivering (laughs) to, because the road coming from Reno, you drive past this big cool lake, but then it's like twenty miles of dirt road, and like the first fifteen of it are not maintained. Man, it rattled my fenders loose on my truck. It rattled. Uh, we had a couple of pallets of mulch on there, and then we had some mulch, like eight bags individually stacked on the front, and it rattled them all out from under the strap. Oh, shit. I had to stop and strap it down again. I was like, what the? Dude, the road was bad. But we we all found out if you go the other way and actually go into California a little bit, and then you come right back out, uh, that road was a lot better. Still not great. But better. But way better. But it's a cool spot. It's like down in this bowl in between all the mountains and it's all field. It's, it's a cool spot. Hmm. I wouldn't mind working there for a few months. Yeah. Good views. I'm The only time I've been to Nevada was for Vegas, so I've never seen anything else. Yeah. the Reno's, Reno's kind of like a picture like Grand Junction. Like you're just on the other side of a mountain range and it's just kind of flat and deserty-ish. Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah, cool spot. And then, yeah, when we ran up to Watford City back. Got some hot sauce for another possible <laughs> hot sauce episode. I've been buying them every <laughs> I've been sending you all the pictures every time I buy one. Yes. So I'm like, I remember the first one I sent you, like, you're going to die. And I said, you mean we? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I thought I thought I just got you addicted to hot sauce and it was a new craze for you. But no, apparently I just want to fuck my own self up now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That one was from a that one was from Nevada too on a technically inside an Indian reservation at a truck stop. Hmm. And I was like, hmm, that looks spicy. 
Carolina Reaper hot sauce. It yeah. Said, uh, oh. Ting, sting and linger. <laughs> Ting and linger is the Ting name. Linger. Yeah. Dude, the, the Carolina Reaper, that's the hottest one there is. Yeah. And then I bought. Just I, some I'm fucking stuff. hungry now. I know. Me too. I think I might go to Bubble Wild Wicks. There you go. <laughs> there you go. So, hopefully we're still all busy and chugging along. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we know that this isn't doing anything for us. Just, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> yeah, the, the million dollar donations still aren't flowing in. No, you guys, you got the wrong PayPal account. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't send it to the Republicans or the Democrats. Send it to the Blue Collar Syndicate. Exactly. We and then will we will great use. We'll delegate where that shit needs to go. Yeah. It'll specifically go to my studio fund, mm-hmm. which also includes 40 acres and a house. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what do they say? 40 acres and a mule. That's the thing they promised after the civil war is all the freed slaves are supposed to get for 40 acres and a mule. Oh, was it? I think so. Is that part of the, in, in the book you're reading? Yeah. It makes a short appearance in there, but it's a crazy book. We're definitely going to talk about it around 4th of July. We'll do like, like I said, an American themed episode. Yeah. But yeah. In case anyone's interested, I've been listening to this book called, uh, the politically incorrect guide to the civil war pretty interesting and it's uh first impressions is you feel like it's kind of like pro south but they actually go through like it's all the stuff they don't teach you in school about the south and the north it's pretty crazy lots of stuff and then you're like well damn they never taught us that yeah they didn't tell you the real graphic stuff huh the super graphic stuff they didn't tell you a lot of the political like not just what was going on in the battles and stuff, but what was going on like at the White House with the politicians and the arguments there. And yeah, it's crazy. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, the, to give you a little taste, I asked you earlier, but uh, there's a little spot in the book where they, they ask you a question. They say, if you were, if there was a state that was just like, hey, this isn't like, we're not getting along. So we think we're going to just not be a part of the yep. union anymore. Our values don't reflect one another. It wasn't even values. It was just like, we don't agree. Yeah. We're, but we're having too many disagreements. So we're just not going to be part of the union. And if you go back through the constitution, each state actually had the right to just kind of do that. Like say, Hey, friendly breakup, mm-hmm. you know, we're still friends, but we're not, I'm just not coming to your government you. isn't controlling our government. So there was a little bit of that, but the question was, if there was a state that's just saying that, like, hey, we're not getting along, we're separating, we'll, we love, we're still going to do business, and blah, 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 uh, would you be okay if Washington, D.C. sent tanks and troops in there to start killing people? And, like, I asked my wife, too, and I asked you, and you both said, well, no, that sounds cruel. Mm-hmm. And then the answer is, then you would be a Confederate. Because that was initially how the Confederates felt. They felt like they could have a civil splitting, and they're, like they never would have thought they would wage war over it. Mm-hmm. So he was like, if, if you think it's wrong to go into a neighboring state and wage war against him, you might be a Confederate. It's kind of like the, you might be a redneck. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he's like, you might be a Confederate. Hmm. It's just crazy, crazy perspective on it. Good one too. I think, I think they should take that book and give it to high schoolers. It's an eye opening one. Yeah. Well, and I just enjoyed how it's not like one sided. Cause a lot of those, like documentaries, movies, whatever's like why the North was right or why the South was right. And this one's more of a, this is how that shit really went. Yeah. More mutual with facts. Everybody had their, uh, their time of being, uh, right or their time of being wrong. And every, 
all side, both sides of that war, each the South and the North, both were very ginormous assholes mm-hmm. at certain points. <laughs> yeah. So cool perspective. One of those weird, just, just found it unaudible. And I was like, Hmm, I got a book credit. What's this about? I guess I'll buy it. So do you use audible then, or do you use the Apple books? No, I use audible. Is there any difference between that and what I use? I've never used Apple books. So I wouldn't know. Oh, okay. Cool. I used to use Apple podcasts, but ever since I got Spotify, like all my music and podcasts is all Spotify. Oh, so hopefully Joe Rogan keeps them in business. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise I'm going to be sad when I got to remember all these podcasts and music names and stuff like that. Yeah. Where everything's at. Plus, uh, we have like the paid family version. So I get the no ads and all, gotcha. that, all that good stuff. <laughs> There's a book I just started since we're going off of books. So it's funny. So when I started this, I was working out between Kersey and Wiggins in the middle of fucking nowhere. It took me over an hour to get to just because, you know, how oil field roads mm-hmm. are not maintained and you have to fucking f- turn at the most inconvenient spot that you don't know is you're turning at. Yeah. that was, you passed 10 minutes ago. Yeah. Um, and don't you dare drive in the weeds to turn around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's called Becoming Bulletproof. Protect yourself, read people, influence situations, and live fear- fearlessly. This lady, she's from the Secret Service. And it starts off with her in the buildings of 9-11, evacuating and all that stuff. So it, she was in the rubble, like collapsed buildings on and full of dust and stuff like that. So I was working on a well pad site doing some drill seating while the people that came to work on the drill site turned off the fans and had to depressurize this, their system. Okay. So, and you know how loud that is when they release gas into the air. Oh yeah. Well, I'm listening to a book and she's talking about nine 11 and planes going into buildings. And all of a sudden I hear this loud. <laughs> I thought I'm about to die. <laughs> yeah. People, I, yeah, I remember doing pressure tests on the pipeline and when we let that pressure out, yeah, and they just stand right next to it like it's nothing. I mean, they, I'm sure they've got their head fu- headset in or, you know, their earplugs. We're supposed to. <laughs> supposed to. I mean, you can't hear shit now because you're deaf as fuck, but it's it's loud. Oh, I got... The first time I did it, I didn't realize how loud it gets. Um, usually, like, on the pipeline, we do this thing called picking lines, which is where we blow these big foam and polyurethane pillows and buffers and bullets and all kinds of weird shaped ones mm-hmm. through it to clean it out and get all the debris and water or whatever out. And you build so much pressure and you got to let that air out. Holy shit. It can get fucking yeah. loud. It gets so loud. There's, we worked on jobs, jobs where we like, we couldn't blow off the pipeline at a certain time. So we had to make sure we were done before then, or we'd leave pressure in it and somebody would babysit it overnight. And then we'd have to relieve pressure in the morning. Mm-hmm. Like that one that's right down the road on 52. Yeah. That one, because they've depressurized that one a few times and you can see it oh, yeah. for over a mile. Yeah just to see everything coming out of it and let alone hear it. Yeah. A lot of what you see coming out of there. So I've noticed they've picked that line a bunch. I don't know. They've had an issue with it or they keep adding and tying into it. So they keep, like every time you do that, you got to retest everything. Yeah. They, they've, that was a line. Cause I did a lot of the work on that line. Yeah. So they just keep adding a little split offs for it. Yeah. And when you see all that shit, it's usually just kind of rusty water is what it is i've seen we've had people come over and think we're literally just blowing crude oil into the air yeah (laughs) we're like no it's just dirt water like because you know when you're building a pipeline mud gets in the pipe dirt dust whatever 
and then when you're done, you got to clean it all out and make it nice and clean. So mm-hmm. we, yeah, we've had people come up, you're polluting, you're just blowing crude oil into the air. It's like, do you think an oil company really just blow money into the air? Yeah. <laughs> it's just dirty water. <laughs> that's all it is. And it's usually like, it's a mist and it looks like a lot, but it's not. No, it's just under a, a significant amount yeah, of pressure. I've seen people think it's like billions of gallons of water. And I'm like, everything you see flying in the air right now, if we were able to, if we caught it all, it's like mist. So it's like, if you were to catch it all and condense it all, it's probably a gallon. Like, yeah, <laughs> 10 at the most. Yeah. And this is a two mile long section of pipe. Because usually when we depressure that the first time we do it into trucks, like if you see him do that, well, all that pressure will be going into a truck. So the water and stuff's getting caught by the truck and the air is coming out of the top mm-hmm. of the truck. So, and then once you know you actually have it clean and there's no contaminants, they'll just blow all that pressure into the air. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pretty fun stuff. I kind of miss doing it sometimes. Yeah. Tedious. Tedious work I liked. You'd have to sit there and pressure that thing up and then take readings every three minutes and just sit there and hang out. Yeah. And then it gets tedious because like the sun comes up, your pressure rises, it goes down, pressure drops and. You got to be with, have all these special tolerances you got to be within, or it fails the test and you got to start all over. Sucks. Hmm. I had one where we were in December and it was small pipe. And when small pipe in the sun, the water inside expands so much, the pressure climbed so high, we had to shut the test down because they were worried about it breaking welds. Oh, really? And it was just like a little, like a 80 section feet of pipe that was welded in some goofy shapes. So then the next day I had to redo the test. And then I had to tarp everything up so the sun wouldn't get to it. And I just barely got it to go all the way through the test without getting to the point I had to start over. But yeah, it's tedious. For all those people who think it's all willy-nilly, trust me, it is not. Mm-mm. There's a lot of safety and testing that goes into those things. Oh, yeah. we were. I did a seating on a line in West Texas where they hydro tested it mm-hmm. and they kept losing pressure at a, you know, certain spots. So then it turned into... Let's shut off the valves and just, you know, close off these sections instead of doing the whole line. Now we, you know, we, we know where it's leaking because there's a wet spot here. Mm-hmm. And now we're just going to close off and, and, you know, start narrowing it down. And then it turned into something where we have to dig up every fucking 20 foot section or 40 foot section where every weld's at and see where it's fucking leaking from because they couldn't figure it out. I was like, okay, well, you guys have fun. I'm caught up. So call me, call me back in two weeks when you're done because <laughs> I'm waiting on you now. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. They had that problem welding. Like every time I, uh, on the main line, like that thing goes through fucking 10 visual inspections and x-ray inspection. Oh yeah. All that before it ever gets hydro tested. So I'm surprised they had an issue with it. Yeah. Weld. They, 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 they were losing pressure and water somewhere. So I, uh, I had a pipeline, not a pipeline, but so it was a hookup in a facility. I was hydro testing the whole facility and we kept losing pressure, but not like a lot. So like we could not figure it out. We were going, changing gaskets we were checking bolts we were retorquing valves everything what had happened is a uh, furry little critter had gotten into the pipeline and it was winter so we think it crawled into it somewhere we think what happened is it actually crawled into just a piece of pipe that was laying on the ground and then that pipe got picked up and welded into the system oh shit it couldn't make it out in time <laughs> yeah so like when we do mainline every night we have to cap the ends tape them up so that doesn't happen we think this happened when all the pipe was just stacked at the laydown yard and, you know, 40 foot sections of this. And this was all like three and four inch pipe. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's what was happening is that it was frozen and died in there. And then when I hydro tested it, it was compressing that animal, that rabbit. 
So like I kept losing pressure and then all of a sudden I didn't. And then we, I finally took off, we drained it, blew it out a bunch of times, took off an end cap and there was this dead rabbit, <laughs> Oh shit! <laughs> which sucks too, because with that company, I mean, they don't fuck around anytime there's a dead animal or a spill or anything, everything gets shut down. They have to do a full investigation and make sure it wasn't something stupid. Maybe I wasn't planted there. Well, yeah. Contaminated something. Yeah. They want to like, they're very conscious. They want to know how that happened. So they literally came out and had to, they interview welders and inspectors and, you know, make sure it was truly an accident and come up with plans on how to make sure it doesn't happen again. Mm-hmm. So SOP. That, yep. In that case, they decided we needed to take laborers every night and make sure all the pipes are capped. Hmm. So we had these little plastic caps every night. Got to make sure everything's capped. Make sure nothing's in it before you cap it. Yep. So, but that shit happens. Hmm. I can't say I've ever had anything like that happen. Yeah, I've seen some some silly stuff. I remember one time there was a oil company that used to work in this basin, and uh, they got in some big trouble in a different state for some endangered bird issues. Oh, yeah. That'll fuck you up. Yeah, so they went through this whole phase where, like, anything that had a exhaust on it we had to build they built all these little things you had to put on so birds don't land on them and build nests inside of them and anytime there's a dead animal it was fucking entire site gets shut down veterinaries come out decide how it died what caused it gets reported to the state all this stuff and this dude pulled in and he hit a bird in his truck and the bird was like kind of in the bumper Oh no! So it clearly didn't happen on the job site, but they still had to shut down the whole. Oh, so he, he site. brought it onto the job yeah. site. He must have just hit it on the road, and yeah. it wasn't a special bird. It's just whatever little dingling birds are flying around here. And but yeah, he hit it like on the highway or something and pulled in, and it was just kind of in his bumper, you know. And but they still, because he was on that site, they shut down the whole thing until they had to vet come in and confirm that this was just a not endangered bird that had just been hit on the road. That's ridiculous. Yeah. A lot of these old companies don't fuck around like people think they do. Mm-mm. They just think they're out there being all willy nilly. Yeah, we, we just fuck everything up. Yeah, for sure. Just energize the country's all. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Got anything else? Got anything pressing in your mind? Anything interesting going on in your job? Your, your main job? Main job? Not really. No. Just slaving away. Slaving away. This Not so much slaving, just fucking showing up and doing my thing. Yeah, it's about all you can do. It's going to be busy for you guys. So, well, this is usually the time of year it starts to pick up for you guys. Yeah, well, they were talking about some stuff for one of the companies we do locally. Picking up and doing a bunch of like road approach removals and, you know, just ma- seating, maintaining and stuff like that. So that might be happening, but I'm, I'm out of like the foreman loop. I like... I work for a gentleman that's would be technically my foreman, mm-hmm. which is fine because I I've kind of gone past like that whole foreman role and responsibility. You know, when I when I left for a few years to do the, to work on the traveling side of things, obviously the role I had had to get filled. So I when I you know when I come back, I can't be like, yeah, where's my spot? <laughs> that's not really how it yeah. works. You know, your spot's been filled, John. Which I mean, which is fine. I'm trusted enough to them say we have this, this, and this to do. Go, go out and do it. You got it. I have no problem. There you go. The the only, you know, like we talked about a couple episodes ago, the only downfall is when you get paired up with the the people that 
their speed doesn't match yours and you feel like it's holding you back yeah that's kind of the biggest thing i run into but you can't really fix it yeah and you can really do no just be a team player i guess be yeah. positive as you can about it i mean that's a good little subject to talk about for a few minutes you ever notice there's like certain crews or certain job sites where everybody needs to be a foreman everybody wants to be a foreman. everyone wants to be the chief and not enough indians age-old story mm-hmm. of every blue-collar job i've ever had to do mm-hmm. too, ma- too many chiefs not enough indians that's a very popular saying yeah everyone feels like they need to have that sense of power which really you don't want it because it's not that great i think it's one of those things where some people are meant for it some aren't and i think the problem is is it's kind of like how schools say every kid needs to go to college I think job sites, like, they say, everyone needs to move up. Everyone needs to be part of management. I'm like, no, you don't. Mm-mm. Like, if you don't want it, then don't do it. Just be good at what you do, you know? I worked with a guy who really put that into perspective because he was, you know, a God-level operator, knew everything about the job. And I'm like, why aren't you running this thing? Because I don't want to. Because I like playing in the excavator. I like just doing my thing. I was like, yeah, but you know so much more. And he goes, he'll learn. Just give him time. It's not about knowing it. It's about wanting what you want to do. So he said, he said, I, I've ran jobs. And he's like, I, I didn't like it. I like being in the excavator. I like working with you guys. I like just being a part of the team. I'm, I don't want to be the coach. Yeah. He goes, I like just being the, the wide receiver. Yeah. I, I don't want to be the guy that gets all the fucking, my phone blowing up all day long. Sometimes, you know, having to deal with putting out fires and all that stuff. You let you give me my task. I'm gonna go do it, and we're gonna fucking make some money off of it. Yeah, I think that's something that needs to get stressed more on job sites. Is like, hey, not everybody's gonna be a foreman. Not everyone's gonna be a supervisor. Not everyone's gonna be this, and you don't have to be that. You mm. can just be a great fucking equipment operator, or you can just like the pipeline company I worked at. They had a guy there that could fucking run crews of dozens of guys if he wanted to, but he was just like lead laborer he just liked doing everything okay he's like i don't want to run equipment like he can run and he's good but he's like no i like just being in the ditch helping putting pipe together putting the clamps on the pipe talking shit to the welders oh he likes to be hands-on right there i like go i like to go build fence with the guys like he's like i don't mm -mm." he's like i just like doing everything interesting he didn't want to be tied down to one thing yeah so there's nothing wrong with that it's you know being more tools in the belt well and it was good too because he's an older guy you know older hispanic guy so when when you get all the new guys to come in they're like yeah go with carlos and go build fence and then building fence can always make you feel demeaned sometimes because you just like you feel like that's the job for losers because it's just fence but working with him was always fun he always made everything fun and then mm-hmm. all the new guys go with him and they learn all the little stuff that you need to know before you go get stuck with an operator or whatever yeah so but I always ask him, I was like, why don't you run a crew? And he's like, nah, fuck that. He's like, I don't want to, I don't like paperwork. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I don't like paperwork. And I was like, well, you're fucking good on a dozer. Why don't you just go run the dozer? They need a dozer hand. Fuck, we've been trying to get a dozer hand out here for like a month. You know, they keep sticking me in it. And I've ran a dozer for like 20 minutes. <laughs> I ran it straight into the ground. <laughs> yeah. I'm, not, I'm, I'm out here learning as fast as I'm supposed to be doing the job. I'm like, fuck, I got like a four minute learning lesson on a dozer and that was it. But he's like, nah, I like, I like doing stuff. I like doing different shit every day. One day build fence. One day help the welders. One day fucking go get the forklift and do this. One day fucking go home early. Like, this is his thing. And he's been doing it for years. But 
it was good too because when you get all the new guys with them like i said they get a positive outlook, Ro- yeah, yeah like role model almost. positive look on being a laborer yeah. you know he made being a laborer kind of fun made it feel less like you suck <laughs> a lot of guys think being a laborer like is always bottom of the barrel you know like that's where you go if you're not good at nothing else yeah no that it's called safety yeah just kidding <laughs> safety is an odd one because you get some places you have good cool safety guys and some places you can definitely tell he was put there because he's not good at anything else so i've i've seen both yeah and i've also noticed it seems like a lot of safety guys have had a lot of accidents <laughs> or they've become they've come from some sort of military cop yeah. background yeah Author, authoritarian background that is Dude, I've had one safety guy at a company. He was like ex-FBI. Oh, shit. Yeah. He'd been shot in the leg, had a limp. I worked with another safety guy. I talked about him before at Halliburton. He always came in with a new Band-Aid or a new, new bruise or something. I blew up a barbecue. I fucking hit my hand, back of my hand with a hammer myself. I fucking That's crashed a, my car. Like, great safety guy. Yeah. Um, uh, there was another safety guy. He was kind of a safety guy for like three little companies. So they'd always do like these orientations. One, like a consulting safety guy. Yeah, because it, it was directional drilling. All these companies probably had less than twenty, thirty guys. So it was like he just kind of umbrellaed all of them. Mm-hmm. He was the same way. He had all these stories of all this dumb shit. He had this huge scar in his arm, and we're like, "What happened there?" Well, I was potholing, and I found the power lines, and that was back before you had like the, uh, you know, you, you know when you do power lines, you're supposed to turn the pressure down. And sometimes they don't even let you use rotating tips, or you have to use rotating tips. Mm-hmm. He was using a straight cutting tip, max pressure, and he found the power line. Oh. And he slammed the wash wand into it, and it fucking went through the wash wand, through his arm, and out his shoulder or something. Jesus Christ. Got a big old electrical Ugh. scar from it. That is one thing I do not fuck with is electricity. Electricity. Even if it's a hot scary. fence, uh-uh. uh-uh. <laughs> I don't even want to touch that shit. Hot fences are funny. <laughs> I'm not a fan of electricity. Oh, man. Hot fences are funny. No, it's not fun. I, I don't know. My dad was an electrician. He always showed me funny stuff with electricity. So <laughs> it never scared It never, like, scares me. But I am quite aware of how dangerous it can be. Though, oh, yeah. Sure. It'll fuck you up. Oh, yeah. It'll kill you. Blow off an arm. Definitely. So. No, I just thought that was a good little subject, though. Everybody wants to be a foreman. It's like, fuck that. Yeah. Some people, I, I like it. I always like. But I like it in different uh scales because like i said i've said it before you know i was 21 thrown into a spot i probably shouldn't have been i had a very large crew with lots of people and lots of moving parts lots of money but i think when i was at the pipeline company they tried to make me a foreman and i told them no but i don't know at that job i liked being in charge of a job not other people mm-hmm. so like i kind of became this while we were building line and all that stuff, I was in charge. Like I was a fucking go get in this machine, do that, go help these guys. Go to, I was just whatever. And then the end of the job is where I was like in charge of jobs, not people. So it was like, I was usually the guy who had to do all the hydro testing of the pipeline, pick all the lines, clean all the lines. And that was kind of my thing. Gotcha. So I, I found I liked being in charge of jobs, not so much people. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. When I, was that, that foreman role? Shoot, I'm just, I'm just gonna say five years ago. Man, that seems like a long time ago. Fuck. Um, and you know, someone's listening to this right now. He's like, "Shut the fuck up! You guys are young." Yeah. <laughs> um, 
I was in, I was looking over just a couple of different seating crews that we had for the local um, gas and well sites. And it was just, I was always comparing how, how fast I could work to how, you know, their pace. And, you know, it just, it never seemed like it was enough. I was like, I know this can be done faster. I know for a fact it can be done faster. And you guys aren't, you're not doing it. So I was always, you know, stressed about that. And then I had a boss above me that just made it, you know, put a lot of stress and frustration on, on me, which led down to them, which wasn't, you know, wasn't always fair. And when I, when I left to go back out of town, I was like, yeah, you know, okay, this is, this is not, it's nice. It's a break. I'm back out of town. I don't have to worry about, you know, 70 people looking over me. And then it went to, let's run this big pipeline job. And we're going to give you nothing but inexperienced people that constantly keep getting rotated in and out and in and out, in and out. Well, you need to make X amount of numbers a day. It's like, okay, guys, you guys are really testing my patience now. <laughs> yeah, I think that was kind of the same realization I came to, but it wasn't fast because I've always said I'm a, I'm a quality worker over, yeah. over quantity. I'm, I'm a tedious guy. So my issue was everybody can do everything as good as I could do it. Mm-hmm. Like I'd see guys torquing up pipe and they're not going in the exact proper pattern that you're supposed to go in or they're not doing something the way I think it should be done. It wasn't like I never had a speed problem because I'm usually the slowest guy, so it's hard for me to judge people. But I'm just always like a... The, I was always like... Like when I ran a grader, like guys would get so mad because I'm out there at like blue top level for like a highway, and they're like, dude, this is a fucking access road. Mm-hmm. Or, or dude, all you're doing is pulling in the soil from the edges. Like, what the fuck are you doing? This isn't a highway. Like, you know, and I would know because... Like, it's funny because I've always worked in circles around your company, even when I, like, and then I worked there for a short time. But you guys were doing, your company was doing reclamation on the same, after we put in lines on mm-hmm. some of these jobs. So I'd be out there, like, blue top level, fucking perfect grade on this stuff. And they're like, okay, now stick the rippers in because I'm the reclamation company yep. wants it pre-ripped. Yep. <laughs> so I'm just like, I just spent two days just to stick rippers 12 inches down and rip this shit up. And then you guys come in and rip it up more and then plant it and seed it and yep. all that stuff. <laughs> so everybody was always giving me shit. So that was my issue is I was like, these guys aren't doing it right. They're not doing it the way I want it done and this and that. So, and then I found out like, I like being in charge of a job, not the people. Yeah. So when the, like the, it pre- really, it changes the, it, it not, it gets rid of the headaches or your, the frustrations. Yeah. So like I found out like, like the pressure testing, like I need people with me, but they don't have to do a lot. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, and then especially when you're pressure testing, you get to a point where you don't need people. It's just you. You're mm-hmm. just watching gauges and recording pressures. You, you work a lot better on your own or with minimal help. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where. Same. Same. Yeah. So that's where I kind of flourished with that company as I started doing the hydro testing, the pigging. And then like we do hot taps, which is the same thing, which is hot taps when you're tapping into a live line. They don't want a bunch of people there. So it's usually, it would be. It's just liability. Exactly. So <laughs> it would, Much rather have one person die than 12. Yeah. They're like, no, we don't need all these people there. So like when we did hot taps, it's usually, you have a special hot tap company who has like this, the special drill that bolts in and contains all the pressure when you drill into the line. And then you have one or two welders, depending on how big the pipe is, an inspector, and then me because. I was like the guy who did all the bolt up and then 
because the the hot tap company is always a separate company Mm -hmm. the third party yeah so the pipeline my pipeline company i worked for i'm the one there making sure they're doing everything because they work for us and we work for at the time anadarko so they'd be like you need to make sure they're following all the rules so you just kind of stand back let them do their thing help them if they need help holding something and then you bolt on after they hot tap it, you put this, the welders weld this thing in, it has this valve that's turned a certain way, so once it's welded, it's all contained. So I was doing, like, you have to use a hydro torque. It's not just a torque wrench job. You use this calibrated uh, hydraulic wrenches. So it's like, this is your little baby. Do everything right. Here's the steps. Don't fuck it up. And I was like, that's where they'd be like, oh, we're doing a hot tap. Send Albert and one other guy over there. That's it. Mm-hmm. So I've, I noticed, I was like, okay. I've been approaching a lot of my career wrong because I, when I was young and got thrown in that every job I went to, I'm like, I want a crew of guys, I want this and that, and it never worked out. And then I realized that's why. Now that I'm not good with people, that god level operator makes a lot more sense. Yeah, well, that and they noticed that too, so they started sending me like, there was a property owner who was mad about a fence and a ditch, so they're like, hey, take these two guys, take a mini X, take a skidster, take a compactor, go get a pallet of bentonite go fix this ditch, go fix this fence. Mm-hmm. Like, so they started to send me almost like punch list jobs, Yeah, you know, cause they, cause he asked me, I remember him asking me, he's like, do, do you, would you feel comfortable having a crew with 30 people? And I feel my hair turning white already. My instinct was, fuck yeah, I'm a boss. And then I, <laughs> I shut up and just thought for a minute. I was like, no, I don't think I want that. And he's like, well, you've been doing really good on all these little jobs we send you to. How do you, do you like those? I'm like, yeah, as long as I get the one or two guys you send me with are good guys. Yeah, they're fine. Cause every once in a while they send me with some dingling and mm-hmm. you're just like, Ugh, fuck this guy. Yeah. You're hearing his name frustrates you. You're like, Ugh. definitely fucking springs, man. You're <laughs> a lot with the headphones. Yeah. So yeah, that's a, that's a good one. I think people should keep in mind. You don't always have to be the boss. No, and you don't always need to have 30 people underneath you. Oh, yeah. I think a lot of people go through that phase, and it's a it's a age uh, wisdom with age thing. Because mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of older guys, too, who are just like, guy never gets out of the hoe. And then you're just like, you think it's because he's lazy, but you're like, no, that's just what he likes to do, and he's great at he's it. He's choosing his battles. Oh, if yeah. he gets out, he's going to start fucking raising hell. I think I'd also probably still be a smoker if I ran, you know, 10 people. Yeah. Or, you know, if I still did what I was doing a few years ago, I'd still, ooh, yeah. Cause I went, I went, I was not smoking for a while. And then I was, when I started traveling again, started smoking just because of the stress level. Yeah. When, when your stress levels got high, were you always using negative things to cope with it? Yes. Yeah. I think a lot of people do bud light and <laughs> marlboros marlboro reds yeah do you think do you think stress levels are do you think that it was more your fault or your company's fault or do you think it was kind of i shared? think it's me it's definitely me yeah because i notice that nowadays just you know just tedious stuff like i was like i need because i so example i needed to go to the post office the other day and I needed to get there before, obviously, they close. Because I, yeah. I tried to get there over the weekend, couldn't, couldn't get there, couldn't make it in time. Because I had an order for Rocket. I needed to go get picked up so I can get everything made and, and then sent back out. So I, I was 
uh, my daily plan, you know, everything was on track. I could, I would, I would make there in time. And then I get a phone call that threw a wrench in everything. So then all of a sudden my mind goes to, fuck, I got to drive an hour here, an hour, you know, south. Now I have a two hour drive back north. You know, I was like, where's this, where's this time going to be to where I get 15 minutes to make it to this particular post office? It's not like I could just go to the one down the street. I had to pick up a package. So that's where my stress, I, it's definitely self-induced a lot of the times, but the company can, and unlike any, any other company, they can add to your stress level because they would just want to be like, oh yeah, let's give you more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, the reason I ask is because I, I feel like a lot of people blame the company because they, they're not coping. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. I seen like, uh, with me, I would do the same thing. I'd get in a fucking fit over some bullshit and the, you know, you're just like, oh, this is too much pressure. I got too much on my plate and all this. And the boss is like, why are you doing that? Yeah. Like, it's not a big deal. And you're just like, well, fuck, I thought it was. I'm like, nah, dude. It is what it is. Those mm-hmm. things happen. Or you're fine. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. It's not a big, like, like, uh, I don't know. I just, I, I had a lot of conversations with bosses when I was foremans or whatever that are just like, uh, I don't care. It's fine. You're good. Don't worry about it. Or or your stress level gets pushed because you're worrying about so much little shit. Yeah. And the boss is like, hey, you're doing a good job. The job's fine. And you're like, yeah, but this fucking idiot, he went left when I told him to go right. <laughs> yeah. I'm, there's a saying that I always, I always say, don't sweat the petty things, pet the sweaty things. Yeah. That's a good saying. Yeah. I can see, <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I, I used to, like when I did the directional drilling, I would fucking get all worked up over shit and the boss is like dude i don't you're fine yeah thank you i got no complaints why are you so pissed off yeah so last year before i quit the traveling thing again and came back to colorado full-time we were doing a bunch of uh stormwater work basically a never-ending punch list for a solar farm in north carolina because every time it would rain everything would just wash again yeah. so i had to go fix it all again so we had a crew, a two-man crew dedicated to work on that while I was working on seating. Well, I was almost done seating, and they they knew that their time was coming, or at least the job's time was coming. And for us, and a lot of pipeline people are used, you know, used to the same thing. Well, the job's over, so I'm just going to get laid off. I got to find my next job. And for us, normally, we always have a job for you to go to. You, there might be a one-week void while we're yeah. waiting on something to happen to send you, or we have something lined out for you we just haven't said it yet yeah so they were trying to figure out where they were going to go i was like let me figure it out i'll make a couple phone calls but this was also friday in the weekend so we couldn't get i couldn't get the answer for him right away Mm -hmm. and i was golfing on a sunday because it was great weather in north carolina i fucking went golfing every weekend typical foreman yep (laughs) i mean i did it off hour so (laughs) it's not like i'm some insurance salesman let me take you guys golfing while everyone else is working um and they what was it? No, they called me while I was golfing. I didn't answer because I was golfing. I was like, fuck you guys. It's Sunday. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> uh, that's where you and me are so different. I was over-dedicated to company sometimes. I was definitely over-dedicated, but I was like, it's Sunday. This is my time. Fuck you. This is wait. Unless you're dying, send me a text. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I called them back and they're like, oh yeah, we left. We, we quit. I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> cool. I guess I'm taking care of it now. Yeah. So I had to call 
my supervisor or superintendent that was over me for that area and he was in georgia he's like hey man don't worry about it it's not it's not that big deal like he's like i remember the because this is the first time i've had someone quit on me oh okay and i mean the the job was super cake already i wasn't super stressed about it because it was a very simple job yeah and my seating was almost done to where like cool well i guess when the seating's done i'm gonna do i'm just gonna go sit in a mini x now and fix washes yep he's like yeah don't worry about it i've i've had people quit on me before the first time i had someone quit on me he's he's he explained he's like i thought i fucked everything up i was like no i'm cool i was like i don't care i was like now if this was like some big pipeline job and my entire crew quit i'll be like okay give me a three packs of marble reds <laughs> but i was like oh, whatever just fucking brush it off and keep going the day's gonna the world's still still gonna spin no yeah. matter what yeah being a foreman's weird it's definitely not for everyone no i mean i can do it do i want to do it Eh. give me I'll, I'll like you said minimal give me three two or three guys that are reliable and can keep up to the pace that i do not you know they don't have to work as fast but be consistent yeah yeah that's uh that's what i realized about myself too it was like one of those like you always feel like you need to be the fucking top head superintendent and be running everything and have a billion things going on and Mm -hmm. i felt that way for a long time and i was always trying to get it and i yeah i I came that same realization where it's like no like i like being in charge but i only like being in charge of like myself and maybe a handful of guys Mm -hmm. you know very few and I like if I ever had to go back to working for someone else, that's probably what I'd aim for is either a job where I'm just independent. Oh yeah. Or, you know, another job where it's like, hey, you got a crew of one, two, three guys and you guys do this. Agree. Hell yeah. I don't think I'd ever try to go for another job where it's like, Oh, I want to be running the whole job and You're have fifty be a guys. Truck boss. Yeah. Well actually truck boss is a weird job. I have a question for you since I brought up truck boss. Why is it, and it might just be how I see it, why is it that truck truck drivers are so, no, fuck, independent? They don't they don't make plans. They don't communicate. Like, if so say you, you send out five trucks to go do something. Why don't those five, five truck drivers ever talk to each other? They just show up and go drive. Why isn't it like, hey man, yeah, let's fucking run together. Why? Why is it just so like, fuck you guys? I'm gonna, I'm, I'm the best truck driver, and I'm out. That was me. <laughs> that was. So why are you like this, Albert? <laughs> well, a lot of truck drivers are bitchers and complainers by nature. And it's, so they just go sit in a truck and complain. Well, you sit in a truck and you stew. It's yeah, well, it's, yeah. It's like inevitable. Um, I, I mean, I know companies that I think over convoy. You know, we have a buddy who drives and he's always driving with another guy. And I'm like, why are you waiting for this guy? Well, this is how we do it. I'm like, fuck that. I would yeah. have left by now. So no, I get that part. So I'm using, I'll use an example as a few weeks ago on a, I worked on Saturday. I had to go haul some fill dirt. Okay. And you know, we get a text, you know, me and seven other drivers. I was like, okay, cool. Bellies, sides. What are we like? In, I need information here besides what time you want me to show up and say hi. Yeah. And so we all get there and then it's like, we all pre-trip our trucks, you know, do that thing. And everyone's like focused on their truck. And then they just start rolling. I was like, cool. Like, I guess I'll just fuck myself. I'm the last one here. Like, <laughs> I get it. We got, we got to go, but who, yeah. any, who's stopping at loves <laughs> for fucking coffee. I, I really think it's just the group of guys. If they're familiar with each other, they usually tend to run together. 
if and it's company dependent so like when i drove for your company there was a lot of that there was trucking clicks like no other oh yeah and that was you know at the time when i worked for your company they didn't really have a truck boss you had a bunch of superintendents that had these three guys doing that this there wasn't like a single point of contact it's changed now There's yeah one yeah i've heard over the years you guys have changed that so i think it's uh and then i think a lot of it is guys just think other guys know what the fuck they're doing yeah because like <laughs> i just like to be if i'm gonna sit in a truck by myself i just want someone to chat with like hey man where the fuck are you how many loads have you done you know well yeah that's what i'm saying i think truck drivers like we get like i said kind of bitch or complainer by nature and you're so used to just being by yourself in a truck you don't realize everyone else around so you're just like okay it just kind of happens it's just kind of the way things flow and that can be changed if the company pushes a culture of that really but that can also be a bad thing too and i think maybe that's why companies don't do it because then the next thing you know you have seven trucks running together you have seven trucks all stopping at loves for 20 minutes because one guy needed a cup of coffee mm-hmm. or one guy needed to take a shit so we all fucking stopped for 25 <laughs> minutes fucking albert had to shake a shit he had too much creamer in his coffee yeah so i see that I you know that part i understand that part yeah i, see that. I think that's kind of what makes that happen because i've seen that too where you're just like i just like why is everyone running together when they don't need to be and why is everyone like all over the place when we could just go together and it'd be so much easier yeah i've seen i guess i'm going for more of like a happy medium like why is like like no like i turn the cb on and that's just silence like why does nobody like no one wants to talk to each other everyone hates each other we're just like the family that no one likes yeah like what is it yeah i think it's just it's just such an independent job because you're always sitting in a seat by yourself that you don't think about it. Okay. I think you're just used to being by yourself. So you just assume and just keep doing it that way. Gotcha. Because I've also, like I said, there's times too, like on the CBs, some guys are just annoying. So you really, like I have a CB in my truck, that thing's never on. <laughs> Why is it there then? Well, because I wanted it. But then when I had it, like, all you hear is everybody over the road running their mouth. So you just turn it off. Mm-hmm. You're just like, I'm tired of hearing all these guys talk. Or or there's two guys having a four-hour conversation in some language you don't understand. And you're just like, why am I listening to this? I'm just going to turn it off. And then it becomes habit. You never turn it on. Yeah. Unless you uh, really need to. So I think that, I think it's just such an independent job. You kind of get used to it gotcha and you don't like for you being as you're not always truck driving like i'm i'm an interactive person yeah so people like a a guy who's driving a truck every day is probably like jesus christ this guy's so excited to drive a truck he wants to chat on the cb i just want to listen to my podcast drive well they're not <laughs> listening to ours so <laughs> <laughs> yeah they should be it's the best one out there for it sure. is right below joe yeah trucking i don't know it's a weird thing i've liked it and not liked it over the years okay like your company when i first worked there the biggest problem i had with trucking at your company was the slip seating which is where you're always Mm -hmm. driving a different truck and it used to piss me off because these trucks would come in from out of town they've been filthy yeah they've been out of town for a year i would fucking i'm a prideful person in the truck so i'd take that truck i'd clean the shit out of it i'd go pull it in the shop, fix all these little things. And I'm like, this truck's sweet. You know, this truck's fucking badass. 
then it's like <clears throat> somebody else would notice that truck's all clean and nice. Next morning, somebody would take it. Like, you son of a bitch. Mm-hmm. And then I'd go tell, hey, you took my truck. We'll just go get this other truck. You don't understand. I just cleaned the shit out of this truck, fixed all these things. It didn't have a fire extinguisher. I made it all legit. Now I got to go do that whole process again with this other truck that just came in from out of town last night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that, that shit used to drive me nuts. Oh, yeah. Especially back in the day when you guys had all kinds of different trucks. Like now you guys run pretty much all the same type of Kenworks. But back in the day you had all those different Peterbilts and everyone had their cool truck, the boring truck, the shitty truck. Yeah, the blues or the the red sisters. The, yeah. You know, the Every, Canadian. The, can, the Canadian truck, man. Oh, I remember everyone used to argue over that truck. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that that companies that slip seat a lot is usually a problem. That was, I told them when I left. Like, even though I knew I was leaving and we already had my leaving conversation, I told him, I was like, you guys need to look at that and fix that because that'd fit a, fix a lot of your trucking issues. Because some guys, they'd get in a shitty truck and then they'd be like, it just ruined their whole day. And mm-hmm. the next thing you know, they run two loads instead of five because they're like, fuck this, I'm going back to the yard. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of that. And another thing is with bigger companies like yours, there's like... uh like for me, there's an assumption I knew what the fuck you guys were doing, and I didn't. So it'd be like, oh, uh, so-and-so would text you or call you and be like, hey, I need you to come do this. And then so-and-so would call you and be like, hey, where are you at? You're supposed to be coming over here. And you're like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a lot going on there. Um, I got lucky, and I got stuck with one supervisor hauling manure for like two months. So it was pretty easy. Yeah, except yeah. for when everyone kept taking my fucking trucks. <laughs> and I'd get so pissed off about it. Yeah, that they fixed that issue with the trucks. I I, I, I see that issue with is like pickups because like the pickup I drive, yeah, went to the dealership again because it has issues. Mm-hmm. She's a needy bitch, so they gave me another pickup to drive. And again, I was like, God damn it, I gotta clean it again. <laughs> yeah. Seems like every time I get in a different pickup, I gotta fucking clean it. Yeah, well, and and it got it's gotten to the point where that's the joke. Like you guys just save the dirty ones for me, so I clean them, huh? Well, I remember when I worked there too, is like when the ELD thing was first getting real serious mm-hmm. and all these guys were purposely like not bringing their trucks from out of town because they didn't want the ELD put in. Yeah, oh yeah. Like I, I know you and me have a mutual friend and the first time I rode in his truck, he like came into the yard. He's like, hurry up, get the fuck in. Let's leave. And he's like, why? I was like, like I thought something crazy was going on and he's fucking hauls ass out of there. And I was like, What's the big hurry? He goes, I don't want the fucking shop to see it. They've been trying to fucking put the ELD in for two months now. <laughs> Every time I'm in town, they call me and I keep putting it off and putting it off. That's awesome. <laughs> it made me laugh. But, uh, and that was just, uh, maybe it wasn't the ELD. Maybe you guys were putting trackers in. Cause it's just, yeah, pickup. it was the GPS. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I don't want that thing in my truck. Yeah. <laughs> He's all, they've been bugging me for two months. He's all, I need to fix some shit, but I don't want to take it into the shop. Cause I know they're going to put the fucking <laughs> GPS in there. Yeah, that was a G- GPS back then. Yeah, it was pretty funny. I think that's just nature of the beast with big companies, too. I mean, that company, they had a lot going on, especially then. But, yeah, hope that answers that. Slightly. <laughs> I mean, it definitely makes sense. Yeah, I think... It, yeah, I'm not a full-time truck driver, so every time I would just get in, you know, I'd get there in the mornings, and everyone's like, oh, yeah, and they wave, get, you know, do whatever they need to during their pre-trip, and they just start rolling. I was like, hey, cool, like... I, I'll see you at the site. Yeah. The same thing used to happen to me because I'd be like, uh, 
Well, because so when I, you guys were working a lot with Anadarko when I was there and I came from a company that was solely in Canada. So everybody's like, go to this site. And they give me like the generic directions. I get there and there's like, you need a key for the gate. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, you got a key? I was like, I got in Canada keys. <laughs> <laughs> like you need an Anadarko key. And then some poor operator from another job site, I drive 20 minutes over to open this gate for me. Yeah. It was just, so there's like this miscommunication where people like, they assume you knew, yeah. so they assume you had a key or made sure you were following someone with a key, and I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know fucking Anadarko locked their gates, too. <laughs> so, yeah, there's. A, I think it's just nature, really. Gotcha. You guys need to stop complaining so much and just fucking be cheery. Yeah. I think that's also what Turn ha- off talk radio. Talk radio, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. In the yeah. news. Well... I think a lot of it too has to do with how the comp- some companies are structured. No, I'm talking about you fucking grumpy ass truck drivers. Oh yeah, but I, that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like uh, your company. I mean, at least when I was there, was pretty good about. It was a good and bad thing, and not having a lot of full time truck drivers. Like there was a group of like five guys I felt like were always driving a truck, and then there was a bunch of hey, you have a CDL. Yeah, you want to go drive for the day? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that that's a good thing to actually get out of the truck and go do other shit. Until you have to get out and carry hay bales up the side of a fucking hill all day. Oh, nonsense. <laughs> Poopy pants. I mean, the only reason I was mad is there's a guy track packing the same hill with a dozer. And I'm like, why can't we just set all these bales on the side of the dozer and drive them up? Why am I carrying them up two at a time? <laughs> <laughs> Seems dumb. <laughs> yeah. We didn't work that smartest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was a little irritated that day. I remember the first day at your company, I had to go lay sod. I was hired as an equipment operator and a truck driver. And they're like, you're going to go lay sod with this guy. And I'm like, what? Yeah. Did you not know that you, the only thing that you're going to be running today is your fucking mouth? Yeah. <laughs> and talking shit? Not even that. Because I was working with a guy who came out of town and he's only there for like two days. So he's like, we need to get this done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was funny. That's when I first learned how bad laying sod sucked. Mm-hmm. Then I ended up doing lots of it at a different job. Seeing we were helping you for your future. Yeah. It was funny. We put sod in my uh, backyard uh, two years ago. Finally, after like three failed attempts of just trying to grow grass. And I, my wife kept bugging us. Like, I don't want to do sod. Sod sucks. Sod sucks. So fucking shitty. <laughs> and she's like, it can't be that. I was like, you don't understand. You don't even know. So finally I go and buy, it's like two pallets of sod or whatever. And I get back and we have to park behind the shop here. So I tell Haley. Like, you have to carry it all the way through the garage. <laughs> I tell and, Haley. You know. And then, so she, she like stacks like 10 rolls of sod in this wheelbarrow. I'm like, you're not moving that. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not. Yeah. Like a half hour in, she was like, this is hard fucking work. And I was like, yeah. And like, you're just putting it into the wheelbarrow and rolling it to the door. And then I'm grabbing it and moving it around the yard and laying it and doing all this shit. Mm-hmm. Finally, my buddy came over and helped us out for the rest of the afternoon. But she's like, yeah, that shit's hard work. I was like, I told you. Yeah. Like, it's not impossible, but it's harder than it looks. Like, you look like you just grab these rolls of carpet and throw them down and you're done. <laughs> yeah, it looks super easy. Yeah. But why do you think there's fucking 30 people doing sod at the exactly. same time? Exactly, yeah. She was like, yeah, that was shitty. Yeah. Never again. I was like, yeah, so don't let this grass die. <laughs> yeah, I think those that might be, thinking about it, there's two things that you don't want your friends to call and ask for. <laughs> helping move and helping to lay sod. Yeah, I'd agree on that one. <laughs> You better have the lots of uh, appreciation for a friend who comes and helps with sod. Yeah. That's for sure. I was super. Well, my buddy, sh- I didn't even call him. He just kind of showed up because he just 
drive by sometimes and mm-hmm. stop and hang out for a while. Oh, so it was a blessing. He that showed he, up. He, and I was like, "Hey, how's it going?" He's like, "Damn it!" <laughs> <laughs> and he had the worst luck too. He would always show up when I'm doing something stupid. Like he would just be rolling by after work and just stop by to say what's up or whatever. And I'd be in here like with a truck bed half pulled off a truck. I'm like, "Hey, now that you're here, <laughs> I need some help. <laughs> I need some help." <laughs> he always showed up at perfect times for me. <laughs> <laughs> when it worked best for you, yeah, yeah. He was good at that. But yeah, I I uh to the chucker thing though, I think it'd be healthier if a lot of companies um if they can do more of the like like maybe you're a sole backup drivers. Well, maybe you're a sole driver, but let's get you doing some other things sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like I was a big fan of what I liked about your company was um because I wasn't on the union side of it, they would send me to jobs and like there's a loader out here, go over there, do this and haul it here and then repeat a hundred mm-hmm. times. So it was always nice. You can, you can operate the equipment. Yeah, it's always nice to jump out of the truck, get a big-ass loader stuck in a manure pit. But there you go. <laughs> Hell yeah. I remember one of your, I don't even remember his name, but one of the supervisors there, They were there was this manure pit. They were emptying out, hauling to other sites and spreading the manure, but they were also trying to empty this out because they were supposed to be building a pad there. So this fucking dairy farmer had double- Out by Platteville? Yeah. What side of Platteville? way pretty far west closer to longmont right behind longmont okay yeah so he uh this guy was watering down the manure i'd show up first thing in the morning and his little laborers would be out there with a garden hose just filling that fucking thing full of soup nice yeah so i was hauling out of there for a while with a side dump so you can only fill the side dump like half full and then you dump it and by the time it would dry it's like two buckets worth of manure it was so stupid. And they would send some other truckers, and i tell these guys, don't fill it up. Don't fill your side dump up with the loader. And fucking it's going to slosh over. Oh, yeah, you make that corner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'll be out of a car right there. Yeah, well, one guy did, and it pulled his tarp over. Oh, shit. And I told him, this other poor dude, I don't know why, harder instead of smarter guy, crawls inside of there with a shovel and is rolling around in this manure, shoveling out from the tarp. And then I did the same thing, not as bad as him, but like a little bit sloshed over and pulled my tarp. And he watched me and I just, you keep holding the button and the tarp starts rolling the other way. Mm -hmm. So I just did that and it just spits it out and just rolls back over. Mm -hmm. And he was like, I never thought of that. (laughs) And he was like, uh. Light bulb. I was like, how did you, when you made the big mess, like it was a big mess, they had to get people out there to clean up the road when he did it the first time. Yeah like how did you do it then he goes well so and so i'll tell you who after but he's all so and so crawled in there with a shovel and was just pulling it out i was like oh what (laughs) (laughs) i was like hell no fuck no and uh but uh, anyway they were watering this manure pit down so there was a spot in there that i didn't know was very deep and this was a big front end loader like a six, was it a 632 or something? I have no idea. It was a big one. Fuck, tires were like taller than me for sure. Mm-hmm. So it was a good size loader. And I was driving through this manure pit and I was trying to get the shit out of the back because it was the driest. And I hit the spot and that thing s- sinks down. It had, what, five ladder rungs to climb up to the top? It sinks down to the top one. Oh, fuck. And I am like in the middle of this big ass manure pit. And I'm like, fuck. And I had to sit there and use the bucket and just keep pulling myself, pulling myself like one inch at a time. And I finally got myself out and I see this, one of the supervisor 
Fords come fucking down the dirt road all fast. And he gets out and he goes, hope you had fun. And I was like, no. It took me like an hour to crawl out of there. He's like, I just called so-and-so and was telling him to bring the dozer over here because I thought we were going to have to come pull you out. <laughs> he's like, I'm impressed you got it out. I didn't think you were. That thing was deep. Yeah. He's like, someone's going to have fun cleaning this loader. Yeah. I was like, not me. Because like, I quit. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's not when I quit, but he was like, yeah, good thing we got to haul out of here for at least another month or two before we got to clean that thing so we can haul oh, it. Oh, <laughs> perfect. Yeah. Hell yeah. I was like, yeah, hopefully it rains a few times between now and then. But, no, I think it's a good thing if they can get those truck drivers out of the truck every once in a while. Oh, and yeah. out of the truck for good stuff, not to lay sod. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's good for, the, for their body, no matter what. It's a workout, for sure. Yeah. You just can't sit there all day, every day. No, it takes a toll. I can tell you that firsthand. It's one of my biggest pet peeves of driving right now. Yeah. So, if you're a truck driver or want to be a truck driver, just think about it make sure you're a lot of idle sitting well and the other thing too is if you're if you if you want to be only just a truck driver make sure you just make that clear because mm-hmm. there's a lot of companies that assume you'll do more than that and if that's a problem just be be blunt about it be blunt about it from the get-go because i've seen that too mm-hmm. i've worked at a lot of jobs where truck driving is not your all-day thing like you're going to drive in the morning you're going to do a bunch of other shit and you're going to drive in the afternoon. And I've seen guys throw fucking, I'm just a fucking truck driver. It's like, well, you shouldn't work here then. Cause that's, we don't have just truck drivers mm-hmm. here. So definitely be open about that from the, from the jump. I say, gotcha. And companies vice versa for the company. And they need to inform guys. This isn't just a driving job. You're going to need to do ABC probably. Okay. So hell yeah. I got a question for you then. Okay. Why are you so chatty in a truck? <laughs> I don't like sitting alone. <laughs> it's just like, you know, all the idle time and you sit there and stew. So I do what I can to try and not to stew. Well, I'll tell you the other thing about truck drivers, the fucking headsets, dude. A lot of guys turn the CBs off because they're talking on the phone all fucking day. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I talk on the phone way more than I ever have in my entire life. We have a gentleman that has that works with me and he's just got the little earpiece yeah. Bluetooth. And it seems like after lunch, he's on the phone the rest of the day. And I don't know if he's talking to me or the other person on the other line, but he is very good to respond back to you when you talk to him. It's not like you have to try and get his attention. But I don't know how you can sit and talk on the phone all fucking day. Who do you talk to? Yeah, some some guys are way crazy with that, dude. Like, I'll be at a truck stop taking a dump, and there's someone just having a loud, full-blown conversation in the stall next to me. And you're like, you can't even get off the phone long enough to take a dump in peace. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Jesus. There's a lot of trucker memes about it. Like you'll see, like a guy on vacation. He's on the beach, just in his shorts, fucking walking in the water, knee deep, with a headset on. And it's like, how do you know? Say you're a trucker without saying you're a trucker. <laughs> and then there's like a guy, you know, getting busy with the wife with the headset on. Oh Jesus! <laughs> so there's all these memes about say you're a trucker without saying you're a trucker. <laughs> and that's a, I don't do the headset. So one nice thing about being a hotshot guy in a pickup. Bluetooth. I got it's a, not loud. I got Apple Play. Yeah. yeah, and Bluetooth. Yeah, I don't know how, how people sit and talk on the phone for so long. Don't get me wrong. I talk on a lot of phone, a lot of needless conversations. Mm-hmm. So I can't completely dog on it. I get bored and call people sometimes. Yeah, I try and call the girlfriend every now and then. She's just, but she's like, I'm kind of busy. I was like, well, fuck, fine. Yeah, I'll I, talk to somebody else. I call my wife and 
be talking to her. I was like, can you tell the kids to shut up? I'm trying to talk. <laughs> so about what? I was like, I don't know. I'm bored. Yeah. And she's like, I was like, what did I call you later? I guess. Yeah. I guess I'll talk to you later then. Mm-hmm. You got more important stuff to do. Yeah. There's a lot of that. So I don't know. It's a pretty random episode. Yeah. I don't got much else. The foreman topic was a good one though. I hope people get something out of that. Think that was a highlight? Probably. I don't. I, yeah, I don't got much. I'm kind of just right there. Yeah. These uh, non-topic episodes are sometimes a little hard. Yeah. We do have someone in mind that we do want to bring on. It's just a matter of timing. Obviously, with you being on the road a lot and the other gentleman in the position that he's in, obviously it can only happen on weekends. So yeah, we just have to try and get you know a few day notice to try and make it happen yeah which we if we can make it happen it'll he'll bring a lot of value in outside it not not outside but a lot of value just a good way to put it yeah i gotta probably like prepare for that one a little bit yeah we're gonna be a little bit on on our game yeah well i want to ask a lot of questions but i also don't want to ask too many that i shouldn't ask okay (laughs) you know there's like uh i don't know what's the question for him yeah um that you you're scared to ask or you shouldn't ask just say it now how much you make oh how much do you make (laughs) (laughs) um and how do you balance because he has his own thing too huh i don't know does he have a farm no 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 maybe i not that i'm aware of maybe i didn't know that. his daughter one one of his daughters rides horses rodeos or ropes or barrel races i don't know does something that's about it Maybe I just misinformed. Mm-mm. Nope. Yeah. I'd say, how much do you make and why have you worked here so long and what do you like about it? Yeah. I mean, those I'll probably answer, but now, how much do you make always? Like I said, I'm always, I guess, inappropriately intrigued by that. Cause <laughs> I'm just, like, I always want to know, like, because I, I've never had a job for the amount of time he he's been there mm-hmm. he's been there a long time so like i've always wondered like with the, with the same with that with that kind of status yeah like w- what what uh how how much of it makes you stay there for that long is your salary and how much of it is other things maybe we can get him to say it but we just have to bleep it out <laughs> maybe i don't know I, I mean i would bleep it out but yeah that's a hard one like i said i i obviously have a uh inverse opinion than most of the world on talking about money mm-hmm. you're very open yeah pretty open people always find it weird mm-hmm. i don't know why though it's just it's just money yeah. it's not like we talked about it on our last episode it's only money it's not like it runs the fucking world yeah money's crazy money is crazy <laughs> money's funny so uh i haven't talked about it but a couple of weeks ago my youngest boy had a couple of seizures and we had to take him to the emergency room, and it was quite the it was quite a scary ordeal. I've never seen a seizure before. Oh, you've never seen one? No. Oh, okay. And of course, yeah, I'm sure the yeah. first time it being your son. Yeah, the first, and it, and it wasn't like a little one. It was a big, full blown, couple minute one. Okay. So it was it was crazy. So we call an ambulance. The ambulance takes him. Uh, I end up. My wife was pretty distraught. So 
I went with them in the ambulance. <clears throat> she got our other son and got everything, a bag and stuff. We all went, to, and then she met us at the hospital. So we're there, and uh, he ended up having two more at the hospital. So it was it was just a scary shit show for a day there. <clears throat> but then they kept him overnight, and then like he was walking and jabbering and playing a little bit, but he was still like. <laughs> kind of walking like he had a few beers or something like <laughs> yeah. he's still tipsy and they think that's because they had to give him like a very large dose for his size of this anti-seizure stuff okay so they thought they wanted to make sure the effects of that was wearing off and then the that we ended up staying a second night because he, he got a lot better real quick but he was super dehydrated still and he wasn't drinking so we all decided to stay one more night to make sure he got hydrated and would start keeping fluids and stuff down. And uh, anyway, so we're there and I got to, like, I, I think I said it a few episodes ago, we canceled our health insurance just because it was getting so expensive. So then, of course, they start asking for the insurance. I'm like, we don't have insurance. We're cash pay or whatever. And the hospital money thing is fucking wacky. So they're like, well... You know, there's some assistance programs. Um, there's this, that, blah, blah, blah. Or you can pay cash, whatever. So I'm going through and they're bugging my wife. And I said, quit bugging my wife just with the money stuff. Just deal with me. And my wife is like asking. She's like, well, how much is it? And I was like, do you really want to know? And she's like, yeah. I'm like, okay, if I tell you, you can't let it affect any decision making. Because my wife is also the lady who had, like she had her second kid, no epidural, no nothing, eight and a half pound baby. And it's like eight hours later, like, I'm ready to leave. And I'm like, just relax. You just had a fucking baby. No medication, no nothing. I mean, you straight up warriored through that one. <laughs> and uh, she's like, yeah, but this is expensive, you know? And I'm like, fuck it. Don't worry about it. She's like, yeah, but if I leave now, we don't have to pay for the next day at the hospital. And I'm like, anyway. So I told her, I was like, look, with the kids, she's like, how can you not? I was like, I'm taking this approach, like, 21 year old Albert who makes too much money and is at a casino. Like I'm when it comes to the kids at the hospital, I'm not even going to think about money. I'm going to act like I'm a baller and you just do whatever you think's best. Don't, I don't worry. Pretend I'm a millionaire. That's yeah, the approach. We'll take care of it later. Yeah. And I was like, if you can have that approach, even though we're obviously not millionaires, I'll tell you, but if it's going to affect your decision-making, I'm not going to tell you. Yeah. So she, for like 20 minutes, she's like, tell me, well, no, don't tell me, tell me, no, don't tell me. And I'm like, she like made a guess and I was like, that was probably like the ride here. <laughs> like, no shit. It's a high dollar yeah. amount. And I was like, how about this? I can tell you what the discount is if I pay cash today. And I was like, and if you really do some math, you can figure out how much the whole bill is. And she thought about it. She's like, you know what? No, just don't tell me because it will affect my decision making. Mm -hmm. So I was like, all right, I won't tell you. But she got the ambulance bill the other day. And she was like, I was like, why are you opening my mail? <laughs> but yeah, no, I just, I think it's funny. And uh, I was telling her aunt, so the second night I had to drop my kid off because they don't, you're not supposed to have kids under five. If they're not the patient, they're not allowed to stay. And I told them to kick rocks the first night. I was like, we're all staying here. I don't have a babysitter. We live far away, mm -hmm. whatever. And he could have stayed the second night because they kind of assume kids are, I mean, kids are rambunctious and wild, but. My five-year-old's actually really well-behaved. So, like, they didn't even notice he was there yeah. half the time. So, I could have kept him the second night, too. But I brought him home, and I was telling uh, her aunt, 
because our aunt came to watch the kid and the dogs overnight. And I was telling her, I was like, yeah, Haley won't even let me tell her how much it is. And she goes, yeah, it's expensive, I'm sure. I was like, oh, yeah. And uh, her, one of her daughters, her oldest daughter, actually broke her leg like a month ago. Mm-hmm. Like compound fracture, fucked it up bad. And she's living in North or South Carolina. Oh, shit. So they flew out there because she's got like this big thing on her leg. She can't move. So they they had to do a few flights back and forth to make sure someone's there with her. And she was like, yeah, we spent a lot of money on flights and travel and all that stuff. And her, my wife's uncle said something to her that she's like, uh, she's like, yeah, you just got to take the approach Tim does. Tim just says, it's only money. We can always make more. Mm-hmm. It's only money. So that's why I was telling my wife. She goes, yeah, but we're broke. I was like, I know we're broke. Don't worry about it. We'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. You know? So that's why I say money's funny. It's uh, only money. You can always make more. So that's kind of, I, I have that similar approach every now and then. Obviously I've not, I've not been in that situation, but I, I do say that. It's just, fuck it. I can make more of it. Yeah. Not, not to the point where I'm just like going to the casino and just like, I'll make more of it. Here you go. Yeah. But and, to that, that approach. Yeah. Yes. That's why I tell my wife. Cause she's like, how are you so cool with calm right now with this lingering over our head? And I was like, when it comes to this medical and the kids stuff, I'm a fucking baller. I'm mm-hmm. I'm I'm gonna pretend I'm like Dan Blazarian status. Yeah, Bill today. Gates put it on my put it. I'll take care of it. Yeah, I, I was joking with her. I was like, I went down. I had the meeting with the finance people. I came back up. She's like, well, "What happened? What they say? What'd you do?" I was like, oh, "I just handed them the credit card and said bill it." And she's like, "No, you didn't." Because we actually found out the first kid, I just used a credit card and paid for the whole thing. Mm-hmm. The second kid. At that hospital, we found out we could do a payment plan and there's no interest. So the first kid, I paid a shitload of interest. Yeah. Because I put it all on a Capital One card. Second kid, I was like, wait, I can just do payments and there's no interest? And like, yeah. Yeah. I was like, well, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) So we found out like tips for you guys out there. Ask about that. I don't know if every hospital is that way, but that's how this one was set up. So the second kid, I saved quite a bit of money for just making payments. So then I told her that. She's like, we just set up a payment plan. I was like, no, don't worry about it. But if you're not insured and it's not a big episode like we had, just so you know, a lot of hospitals will discount you 25, 30% or more for cash pay. Really? Yeah. That's that children's hospital, which is a fucking really Did big. Did you go to that big one for south of here? In Aurora? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah, that's where we were. That's, that place is huge. Yeah. It's stupid huge. Their food is not as good at a hospital in Brighton, though. <laughs> it's not good? It's not bad, but it's not great. I mean, there's a lot of other places to eat around the option if you go off campus. Um, you hang out in that area much? I've been down there. It's sketch. It's Colfax. I am not going off that campus. I, I- know what you do when you drive. <laughs> you carry plenty of stuff with you. Yeah. Needless to say, I fucking carried it in my hand when I had to stop at the 7-Eleven at 10 o'clock at night to get fuel. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was a sketchy stop. I was like, I need to get in and out. I do not like this. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, the the sweet potato fries at the hospital in Brighton, fucking the greatest sweet potato <laughs> fries I've ever had. Even Haley, she, I got sweet potato fries from that hospital. She goes, these aren't as good. I was like, fuck no, they're not. <laughs> but yeah, if, if those of you that are uninsured or maybe you're even insured, so the dumb thing is the insurance we had really wouldn't have done me much good in this scenario anyway. Uh, my deductible and my max out of pocket is still less than the entire bill and it's a big bill. Really? Yeah. 
That's a massive deductible. Uh, yeah, the deductible is was like three or five. Is huge. Thousand. Yeah, and then the what? max max out of pocket on that insurance plan that we had was like nineteen thousand. Holy fuck! Yeah, it's crap insurance, dude. Okay. Like you can get. Don't get me wrong. You can get way better insurance. Like we obviously picked the cheapest one. This is what I miss well, about I'm, the pre. That's what I'm saying because, like, you're when you said your deductible was like three grand, like because that's what mine mine is through work. Yeah, but I mean, so I mean that I mean, yeah, but I guess it doesn't sound like much to me. No, but then your max out of pocket at work is probably half of what that was, yeah. or less. Um, some pe- some people's insurance everything's covered after the deductible. Yeah, I've, that's I've, how mine is. Yeah. yeah, I've had insurance before where your deductible is your max out of pocket. Mm-hmm. I miss the pre Obama days. Sure, a lot of people do. Yeah, because I remember the first insurance plans I had were just like catastrophic plans, which would have covered this. Um, but it, I think I was paying like 120 bucks a month, and I was a 20 year old, 21 year old smoker. Mm-hmm. I was paying like 120 bucks a month with a deductible of like $700. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. And then everything else was covered. My fucking dental was like $10 a month, mm-hmm. vision was free. Like it was so affordable, but yeah, I, I kind of miss those those insurance days. But yeah, the insurance we had for our kids it was crap anyway. Like I, I bet you if we were to divide it out, I'd still be saving money, even mm-hmm. if I pay this hospital bill all in cash or I use one of their assistance programs or whatever I end up doing. It's I feel bad for insurance. So if you're not insured like me, ask about cash pay because you can get a significant discount. Okay. And it might offset the cost of paying insurance. Gotcha. So, I didn't know about cash out or the cash pay. Yeah. Um, I know with having the kids, the cash pay is half as much as what they bill insurance. Okay. At that hospital anyway. Because they told me insurance bills usually around like 21000 And then my cash out of pocket was oh, closer to ten. Okay. And then, yeah. There's some weird shit with that too though. Like the guy who administers the anesthesia, once again, my wife and her financial, the reason she kind of just wanted to not use uh, epidural with the second kid, but that was like, I'd probably say eight, 70% fueled by the fact that the first epidural was so expensive. <laughs> like she just wanted to do it because I don't know, I'm a woman here, maybe war <laughs> type yeah. of thing. I want to see how bad this really is. But the, when she had her first kid, she took an epidural. The epidural was like a hundred bucks. But for the doctor to administer it, oh yeah, dude, was like three grand. Yeah, and they didn't even do it right when they did it to her. <laughs> like they, they didn't hurt her, but they you're supposed to do like a blood test and all this stuff to make sure you won't have any reactions. Yeah, they didn't have any of it done by the time they had to give her an epidural. So the doctor just asked her like three questions. It was like, I feel confident. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, but it was pricey. Granted, they cut that bill down. They also cut that bill way down when they found out I was a cash pig customer. Okay. So, keep that in mind if you're uninsured. Cash pay might be the way to go. Yeah, it's crazy that the, like those IVs and things, they don't cost much. It's just the person that administers yeah. it. Because when I had surgery to have this, I had a, like a giant fatty tumor mass I'd removed. Yeah, the anesthesia wasn't shit. It was, yeah, the dude that fucking yeah. did it was four grand. I remember just, I was like, three grand? He was here for five fucking minutes? Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> All they did was say, count to three, one. Out. (laughs) That's funny. I've never been put under. Yeah, that was the only time for me. Yeah, I've never been put under. Yeah, dude, I don't remember shit. I remember being rolled from my waiting room into the 
like the, the operating room. Like I very vaguely remember that. And then I remember them saying, start counting. And then I just woke up. Do you ever have your wisdom teeth removed? No. So when Haley had hers removed, they put her under. It was fucking hilarious. It was like all those videos you see. Oh, when she's coming out. Like she's just loopy and funny as shit. We were driving by those big, huge apartment complexes on 120th and like, uh, like way at the end of 120th okay. past I 25, those big, huge, fancy ones. Oh yeah. I was like, do you know where we are? She goes, that's my house. And I'm like, those are fucking apartments. She goes, the castle. <laughs> she's all telling me she seemed like an elephant was talking to it or something. She was so out of it. That's awesome. And then me, oh fuck no. I had like caveman status when they moved, removed my wisdom teeth. That dude just fucking, they gave it a shot and I had an infection at the same time. And when he stuck that needle in the top of my mouth to quote unquote numb it, didn't work. No, but, that oh, no vacation. God, it hurt so bad when he stuck it in the top of my mouth. That guy almost got nailed in the nose, dude. I was like, this hurt worse than pulling the teeth out. Just giving me that shot. Mm-hmm. And it didn't numb it. And then like, they just rip them out with pliers. I'm like, I feel like I could have done this way cheaper. <laughs> it was so painful and miserable though. And uh, then they just like shove my mouth full of gauze. I'm like, okay, now you need to drive to Fort Lupton and get your pain meds. <laughs> Which is funny too, because I didn't take any of them. Like it hurt, but it didn't hurt. Like they gave me some pretty strong pain meds. Yeah, still- your, your pain tolerance is up there. Yeah, because like, I think I took... Because they told me, just take them, even if you think it doesn't hurt. And I was like, I'm not taking them. <laughs> and I still have them. They're just sitting in the fucking cabinet in the bathroom. But it's just like, I don't know. Be a subject for a different time. But the whole, like, why shouldn't they ask you, like, here's your prescription. If it doesn't hurt, don't use it. But if you get in a lot of pain, go get it or something. Yeah. I think it's, I don't know. I, I'm back and forth on the pharmaceutical side of things just because of watching family members go through cancer. Yeah. So I'm very I, like back I'm not, and forth. I'm not against it. I just feel like, like they gave it to me and told me to take all of them anyway. It's yeah. like, why if I don't need it? Yeah. Like it seems weird. Trying to create a future problem. Do that fucking fly. Yeah. Bro. Oh, fucker. Yeah. It's, it's a weird one. I know they've cracked down on it a lot, but I was still surprised that they gave me so much. Oh yeah. And then the only thing I took, took an Advil once. <laughs> I was like, I mean, it hurt. Don't get me wrong. But anyway, you want to go over the socials? Yeah. So we have multiple social medias, as we know from all of these episodes that we continually talk to you about. Instagram, the underscore blue collar underscore syndicate. Facebook, the blue collar syndicate podcast. TikTok, blue collar syndicate pod. And maybe... I will fucking judo chop this fly out of the sky. But those are it. Um, they all have clickable links in the show notes for you to get to. So that way you save your thumbs some time to tip, t- typing them in in the search bar. And that gives you extra time to just leave a comment or review, like, whatever. Because I was looking earlier before we hit the record button that we do have a very nice review on Apple Podcasts. So thank you. I forgot your name because I was over an hour ago. And I don't have that kind of attention span. But we appreciate it absolutely and we look forward to more of them if you want us to talk about something let us know because we will talk about it hopefully frank what we gave you a few episodes ago was helpful or if you didn't like it i mean you can tell us that as well so i mean we we talked about it yeah we did what you asked as you can see sometimes we struggle with subjects so sending those in is definitely cool definitely helps yeah yeah it gives us new ways of looking at things as you listen to that episode yeah well and it's nice to think about it beforehand 
Yes. So you don't just come on and say, so. So, everybody. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so definitely send in those uh, subject ideas. Yes. So other than that, I think I'm going to go fucking murder a fly. I'm going to go eat something. Yes. So. Cue that music, Albert. <laughs> Later. Later. <laughs>